Yeah, there we go. Thanks for joining us for Generations Unite, our weekly discussion about increasing Monthly. everyday spirituality from the perspective of different generations. We hope our conversations and meditations will help increase forgiveness, spiritual healing, prosperity, and living a life of freedom and self-expression. Now it's time for Generations Unite. Hi, everybody. We're back again, the Generations Unite team. Myself and Megan Lavota. We've united. We've been kind of on a break because of different things we've been working on. Uh, But I've been told by more than just one person that this is the best podcast I've ever appeared on. And why? Why is that? Because I I think it's because we're dealing with real issues and we're being very Mm -hmm. candid with things. But I want to say it's because Chris Whiting or Drew aren't on it. And probably the real reason is that you're on it. Ah, uh, yeah. So that makes sense. As as a uh, famous YouTuber podcaster, uh, I, that makes sense. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm hearing kind of a lag with with my my voice. So are you? Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'll be okay. Well, they'll be like again. I'm Paul, and that's Megan, and we hope you listen to us on Facebook. If you want to give us a call at nine one three seven three five. 0060. This is a show we talk about different topics in the news or in our lives that deal with generations. And we've had a lot of fun doing it in the past, and we hope that uh, we get more opportunity to do it. But our plan is we're kind of rebooting right now, right? Wouldn't you mm-hmm. say? Um, yeah. So maybe. I have a question yes. that can maybe start us off. Yeah. So. When we first started doing this podcast, I think that it was like a year ago, like last January. Mm-hmm. Um, the world is completely different right yes, now right. than it was in January 2020. And what we could kind of start out and talk about is the pandemic and how that has maybe influenced different generations. Yes. Notice anything. That would be interesting. But, but before we get into that, let's tell people who we are, I guess. My name is um, Meg Lavota. Mm-hmm. I, um, what do I, what do I want to say? I'm a millennial um, generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I am working on a degree in organizational psychology, my master's. I'm also working on a certification in uh, personality type theory. And I'm a marketer and I think generations are really cool. I've been learning a lot about astrology and learning about how that might impact the different generations as well. Well, I wanted to ask you a few questions about kind of what you are up to uh, mm-hmm. from a from a social media podcast type thing. Because mm-hmm. Megan, you have last time I checked, seventeen thousand people follow you on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, I think just under that, like sixteen nine hundred or. So first, yeah. first, um, and I'm Paul, and I do stupid podcasts, and I'm getting into that just a bit, and I'm really interested in uh, helping people grow to their to their potential and through leadership and knowing different uh, generations is good at that. But Megan, let's let's go back so people know that you're mm-hmm. not just. I I think. I don't. I don't want to bring you down. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want. I want. I want. 
don't want people to think, oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's related to that guy. But you're really an expert <laughs> in these things. So, so tell us about tell us about the YouTube page. Mm-hmm. See YouTube channel. Yeah. What is that about? So, so, and I feel like this kind of connects well to generational stuff too, because so basically, I have my degree in journalism that I got from Mizzou, that is one of the best journalism schools in the country, the whole state. But yeah, and. What I knew um, kind of going into it was that journalism was changing and that I couldn't really see myself having a career in traditional print newspaper or broadcast because the way that people are consuming media is just so different nowadays. Um, and so I was very interested. My emphasis was in emerging media and how, how are we going to tell the truth and communicate uh, important things that need to be communicated um, in ways that you know we didn't before. and. Little did I know that when I graduated in 2016, that then Trump was going to be president and they were going to have this whole attack on the media. Like, not only was it hard to get a job then whenever I um, whenever I graduated, but um, now there's like this fake news, alternative news. We've got things like Parler, where people are having their own social media with their own facts that are different from reality. And a lot of journalists, even with we saw at the Capitol, um, with the in- insurrection attempt, we saw people saying like they want to kill the media and oh, a lot my. of like, threats toward the media. So to be media at this time is very interesting because it's definitely like an inflection point of change. Do you so consider do you consider yourself a journalist? I do. Okay. Um, so do you consider yourself an enemy of the people? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> But now you do, but not because you're a journalist, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what's so weird about it is that journalists, um, having that as an institution, it's like the fourth estate that props up the rest of the government. Like, if we want democracy, we want to be able to trust that we can get our facts somewhere. Uh, but I would say I do kind of consider myself a journalist because even though I work in marketing, I think that my background is way more of like, um, media where like a, a lot of companies nowadays are having to learn how to operate like a media company mm-hmm. or even like whenever I was in school it's changed so much from 2021 to like whenever I was uh, in journalism school but like um, basically if you want to be successful in marketing these days you need to not only be on all social media platforms but you need to be having original blog content YouTube People are brands are doing TikTok now. You have to know everything. So you have so so you've always been interested in kind of uh, self development, mm-hmm. um, getting to want, know mm-hmm. oneself, and you kind of had a spark when it comes to um, personality types, specifically yes. based on Carl Jung's mm-hmm. um, theories. Mm-hmm. So that's what you talk about in your YouTube videos. Yeah. Yes. So, so to connect that, like, I, I know, like, learning about my personality really helped me whenever I was going from uh, high school to college. It really helped me know who I am and grow into myself a little bit better. But um, I started sharing uh, things about the theory for fun in like 2017. And, you know, growing up with watching so many different YouTubers and podcasters, I kind of knew that. Um, 
people want to listen people want to hear i guess like the come up story of like the hero's journey of someone that's just a random person who then like shares their journey of growth i was always really interested in doing that mm -hmm. where i feel like a lot of times if you look if you think about like social media gurus or like um instagram influencers there's a lot of people that are like wanting to be perfect and like they have this brand and they are trying to prop themselves up as like perfect in order to sell things on instagram but i was always really interested in the idea of showcasing the journey of my growth and also like to meet other people talking about things like that but anyway as far as being yeah. very self-aware is why you like that and then you took the yeah. myers-briggs and you learned and researched mm -hmm. more about it, and now you talk to folks about that right yeah so that's what my youtube channel is about i recently relaunched um like a podcast i wanted to ask you about that too um mm -hmm. it's called the podcast called psych design and psyche, yeah. psyche i'm sorry mm -hmm. oh no it's fine I think you got episode four coming out this week. Yes. And you're going through trying to explain these ideas. And, and I always mm -hmm. knew about this stuff because I would train it when I was a corporate trainer. Myers-Briggs, mm -hmm. personality type, what your preferences are so you can know yourself better so you can work with other people better. Mm -hmm. You take it from where the theory came from, Carl Jung's yeah. work, and, and look at someone not just how they working in an organization or a job, how they can develop themselves and, and get to know the people yes. more. And that's, yes. a, is so that what psych, psych, yes. psyche, psyche design does? Yeah, so what's kind of interesting about that is that, so Carl Jung, he developed like eight cognitive functions that are basically the eight different uh, types of consciousness that happen in, in the mind. Mm -hmm. And then the MBTI went and took that and developed a test out of it and like a personality system out of his ideas. But the thing is, is that Jung never wanted anyone to categorize uh, themselves because he saw that as limiting of if you put yourself in a box then you aren't gonna try and develop the other sides of yourself. So for him, whenever he uh, wrote about the eight functions, it was like, these are eight ways to kind of be sane or crazy in the sense that whatever, if you are like obsessed and overly identify with your dominant function, then basically you're insane because you aren't thinking right. about the other side. But the thing is, is like with MBTI and with other like training um, materials, and I, I'm personally, I'm going through a, uh, I'm getting my certificate in a similar type, similar to the MBTI sort of uh, training right now. But um, a lot of times they tell you, don't get too into the functions too quick because it's too confusing. Mm -hmm. They want to try and hook you with what sounds simple. And then they they kind of tell you the deep, interesting stuff at the end really quick. Yeah. And I'm sure you remember that as you were MBTI certified. Right. Well, and I don't know if it does the theory very much justice to do it like that. Well, is this the way I look at it? You can't get into the deep part of it all the time, but maybe some of it can help, a help people... And if you have a good facilitator, they are making mm -hmm. sure that you're saying that one type is not better than another, but these are just different people. But you approach yeah. this completely different. In fact, so much so that you've, you've got a following mm -hmm. in the, in the what do you call the community? Carl Jung community? Yes. The Personality typology. Personality community. typology community. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, we're looking forward to 
Persona, a documentary featuring featuring and exploring America's obsession with personality testing. It'll be coming up on HBO to the max, and yeah. they interview you for that, right? You're one yes. of the one of the people that they interview. Yes, they did because they were trying to figure out a way to illustrate how much it has impacted the community, and because I was one of the first. I guess maybe not one of the first, but among the first people to start going on YouTube and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more people doing it now, but because I kind of, I think I uploaded my first video in 2015, there wasn't that many people talking about it. The, like, the, I remember I would search like ENFJ and there wasn't that many people. And so I was one of like the first people. The, the so. description for it is it's a documentary feature that explores the unexpected origin story of America's obsession with personality testing. Uh, embedded in everything from dating sites to job applications. Persona mm-hmm. reveals the profound ways personality de- testing has performed and influenced the world around us. So I would imagine they're going to yeah. go in there and they're going to interview people like you. They're going to interview critics of of Carl yeah. Jung's work and you'll get a kind of a full sense of it. I, I think your approach of just kind of use it for your self-development is the way to go. Yeah, I, you know, if so, you if you get into this and you think, oh, well, this is who I am, that's how I have to be, then I think you've lost you've lost some of the point of it. Absolutely, and something that um, in the training I'm going through now with Linda Barons, uh, who um, was mentored by David Kearsey. Are you familiar with like the four temperaments? Mm-hmm. Did you learn about that too? Mm-hmm. So her theory kind of takes the 16 types and the four temperaments and combines them. And she uses the self-discovery process rather than there being like a test. Because she says that if you just take the test and then get your answer, then it doesn't really inspire you to think about yourself. And so she takes it the other way where she introduces the concepts and then allows people to introspect on who they are. And then discover themselves. So So, what is is that certification called? Um, her, Lynn Barron's, um, cognitive processes is what I'm going to be certified in. I think it's called inner strength, um, is her, yeah, inner, inner strength institute is her company. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I will be certified to be able to take people through the self-discovery process, which there, there are certain activities that you can get people to kind of experience all eight of the functions. Like for example, like she you could take like uh if you have like some coins there are like eight different activities that you could do to kind of experience what it would be like to use Mm. one of the functions so i could do workshops like that or like help people figure out what their type is cool so So you kind of had this interest you you developed a a following on Mm -hmm. youtube you're studying more about it you're getting your master's degree in um organizational psychology um, mm-hmm. working on that and then your certification and then we'll mm-hmm. see you in persona um but yeah, and then my podcast is more of like now that i've been dabbling for a while this is my attempt to be a little bit more streamlined for anyone that um d- like a lot of my videos have been really in the weeds for mm-hmm. people that were enthusiasts and i'm trying to like have a bigger picture so that if you want to get introduced to it it'll be easier to just start at the beginning and listen to. So. I, 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 it's exa- I was going to say the same thing. Everyone should jump into it now because um, I'm in the middle of episode three. Mm. I got to do it before four comes out. But you start at mm-hmm. the beginning of, of 
Like the first one is um, extroverted versus an introverted person. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a, a concept or a topic that people just talk about. Oh, I'm an extroverted person. I love going mm-hmm. to parties. I'm introverted. I like staying at home. You go into it more depth, and then you keep adding on, at least it, at least the episodes so far I've heard. So it's, if you're interested in this topic at all, it's a good way to start into it. Thanks. Wouldn't you yeah, agree? I, yeah, and the episode that's coming out tomorrow, I'm so excited about because I had a friend uh, join me that I met from the online community. And so we were able to kind of compare and contrast the different functions. So, oh, also you're my daughter. Yeah, yeah. So too. I'm very proud of you of that. So thank you. The generations kind of Generation Unite podcast is kind of in a very similar vein. You know, mm-hmm. how does a Generation X person see things? How does a millennial uh, kind of a uh, mm-hmm. You're almost a Gen Z. No, you're a millennial. But how do you? Ha, yeah. Because you, how do you see things? I actually, if always, mm-hmm. I'm interested in this topic because uh, things have moved so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I even did a stand-up comedy, and my whole premise was I'm the clueless Generation X guy. You know, I don't mm-hmm. um, think that I know stuff, and mm-hmm. to me, it's just always fascinating. In fact, I heard a quote on. Uh, it's a fun show. Martin Scorsese is uh, interviewing Fran Lebowitz. You know who those people are? I don't know if I know who Fran is. You should check her out. She's hilarious. But she, her, her contention, she's a writer. Her contention is that one generation cannot ever understand another generation. They just simply can't. Mm-hmm. They're just too removed from it. And that makes sense in the sense that you don't have the same experiences. Like you can yeah. try and understand, but you won't really. Well, I don't. I, I I don't know really how she meant it, but I don't see that as a way not to try to understand. Yeah, I, I almost exactly. see it as a as a uh, the relief is off. I don't have to fully understand in a in a environment yeah. in our work environment where we really do have, uh, you know, at least what we have we. There are some uh, silent generation working, but we know there's boomers still working, Gen X working, mm-hmm. millennial working, and now the Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that we will never know what it's like to be black because we're not black. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to like what their experience is. Yeah. And I think that because you won't ever understand, it's even more of a reason to like be humble and listen to the experience. Mm-hmm. So like same with generations. And, and it's all over the media, but the gen, the millennials are just such a powerhouse, more numbers um, as baby boom boomers mm-hmm. have. Baby boomers have dominated uh, the culture since at least 1960, right? Because mm-hmm. there's just so many of them. We've, we've had, well, Biden, Trump, some say Obama, but I would contend that he's a Generation X. Um, mm-hmm. Bush, Clinton. We've had five in a row wow. of boomer presidents without a Generation X president. And then before that, there's a mm-hmm. long string of of the, the uh, greatest generation in there. So are there more are there more millennials than Gen Z alive right now? Yeah. I think that's I, I think that's true, and I think that's why millennials are uh, are uh, dominated dominate the culture. And and you know when they first started, the media first started talking about millennials, it was young people. 
Well, yeah, I know millennials are still young, especially compared to me, but you're on the younger side of a millennial and you're yeah. 26 and, yeah. and a full, full-time job and, um, uh, your own home and everything. Yeah. We so, all feel old now. Yeah. Yeah. So things are changing a lot. And, uh, the point of this is to try to understand and have a little fun so, and an opportunity. I get to talk to my daughter. So that's the point so, of this podcast. Yeah. So, you know what is funny? <laughs> it's funny is that, yeah, I am on the younger side of millennial in 1994. Mm-hmm. And some people say that millennials, it, that it ends in 95. Some people say it ends in 97. Yeah. But here's my theory. I don't know if I've told you this yet, but even when we first did this podcast, I remember there was like some debate of when does millennials end and Gen Z begin. Mm-hmm. I think when we look back that we're going to say that millennials were in the workforce during COVID and that yes. Gen Z was not. And so by that logic, Maddie, my sister, would be a millennial. Yeah. Which but I, she's she barely made it in the workforce. The yeah, she's very much in the cut. So you can even say that she is a Gen Z because I think that the problem that Gen Z is going to face is that they don't have as many opportunities for mm-hmm. work because they're in like this pandemic economy. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and the millennials have gone through <clears throat> millennials remember a time before nine 11, before the, the collapse mm-hmm. of the economy in 2008 and before COVID mm-hmm. Gen Z's aren't going to remember any of that stuff. Yeah. You and know? you know, I'm starting to notice, especially over the past few years, I guess it, there was a time when I feel like all of social media was just dominated by millennials. Right. And not only are there older people on there now, but there's a huge difference between like the teens that are on there and the millennials. Like there's certain things where, you know, like the laughing, crying emoji. Mm-hmm. Apparently Gen Z thinks that you're lame if you use that. And like Gen Z will like make fun of millennials for using like specific emojis. And then I, oh, that's I like, look up and I'm like, I'm like, that was the only laughing emoji that they had until like 2016 or something. Yeah. And so it's like, we, even just like the way that we communicate online, I think Gen Z, not only do they have like talk and like other like forms of stuff, but there's so many different emojis and so many different, like, I guess. I think, I think what's interesting is the social media where, um, Mm -hmm. You know, millennials were the first to use Facebook, one of the first Mm -hmm. uh, really well-used social media. And now, Mm -hmm. it's all Gen X and above on Mm -hmm. Facebook, Mm -hmm. maybe some millennials on Instagram, and definitely a lot of Gen Z on TikTok. Yeah, you know? so I I actually wanted to ask you about TikTok because I know that you and mom like look at TikTok mm-hmm. as Gen Z and I don't really even look at it. And so I want to know what how you got into that and how it feels as like a Gen X person. Well, like like all, like all social media, TikTok. it's it's addictive. Mm-hmm. And so those of you who've never gone to it, don't go there. <laughs> Cuz now I wait, now I I look at Facebook and TikTok. But it's amazing to me the performances that you get on TikTok. And mm-hmm. I because of that the algorithm, is that what it is? That yeah. they figure out what you like. 
So mm-hmm. they have a thing that says for you. And all mine are a liberal person and mostly young people, but there's a lot of old people too, stitching mm-hmm. or showing a video of some idiot Trump person and then making fun of them. And I laugh <laughs> and laugh and laugh. Yeah, so I was going to ask you what your page even said. Yeah, that's 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 basically most of mine. Um, I'm trying to follow more. I, I don't ever really go on there, but I'm trying to follow more like psychology people or people doing self-help so I can see what they're doing. So, but like I'm intimidated to try and go there's on. A few, there's a few good, and they're young women um, mm-hmm. that are political people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Victoria Hammett. That's a good one, and uh, what's the mm. other one? She's real good, up to date, and knows everything. Mm. And I mean, you're doing your own TV show. You're yeah. even editing it. I've never done a. I've never done one. Really? Yeah. I well, oh, wait. I did. I did do one on Shameless. Did I show you that one? I don't know if I realized it was you. It was. It was showing the Trump family and then playing the 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 theme to shameless behind it and then I, then i i didn't know what i was doing i don't know what i'm doing oh my god i even tried to edit one i i did like one of my favorite tv shows and tried to type them their personality and i, I didn't really know how to do a slideshow and maddie texted me and was like oh like you realize that you the slideshow didn't have to look like that right and i'm like you're gonna have to teach me how to right. do right but um i i just can't stop thinking though about how crazy i would have gone with TikTok if I would have had that like in middle school or high school because if you remember we would get your camcorder and I would start and stop it on my own Mm -hmm. and then we would put it on the TV and watch whatever we did well and and if you remember this is when social media was starting I think you wanted to go on Friendster I think Xanga Xanga was Mm -hmm. that social media kind of like a Facebook thing yes Yes. And how old were you then? 11? I think 12. Okay, and I wouldn't let you do it. Mm-hmm. And you were very angry. You went to the you went to the library and got a book about it and read it and like researched <laughs> it and and you talked me into letting you get it. And by mm-hmm. that time I think I drug my feet enough you're old enough to do it anyway and their Facebook came around. Well, yeah. Well, for me, I wanted to be on Xanga, and by the time you let me get on there, everybody, everyone's right. moved on to MySpace. Right. By the time I went to MySpace, everyone moved on to Xanga, and part of it was that I'm a year younger than most of the people in mm-hmm. my class. But I just, I'm just thinking of the <laughs> attitude. The attitude there was I was afraid to have you put your life out there online mm-hmm. because. Nobody did that. And all I wanted to do was say, guitar chick. All you well, wanted to do is exactly what I do every day on Facebook. And we're, yeah. we're, we're, we are right now on Facebook talking. You know yeah, what I mean? And I think part of it for me was that I couldn't imagine, because I didn't have a phone. I I couldn't imagine yeah. that it was the summer and that all of my friends were talking. I felt like I was going to miss out on any sort of connection. Uh-huh. I don't know if you were... imagine not talking? to like your friends from school for like three months in the summer yeah it was great <laughs> but here's the other thing too mm-hmm. uh youtube came along and they had viral videos mm-hmm. and they had a viral video of this kid practicing to be like a star wars guy and he was a real dork and people made fun of him a lot 
So I always had that in my mind about how stupid he was. Well, then uh, here comes Megan who wants to videotape herself and her friend singing a Run DMC song. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, you cannot put that on the internet. Do you remember that? Oh, oh yeah. Do you think that people, did you think people were going to bully us? Yes. And I never, I didn't think anyone would see it. They probably wouldn't have, but. They probably wouldn't have. And nowadays, if, nowadays, if you put on you lip syncing, well, maybe, maybe you invented TikTok because that's well, basically see, that's what it was. You invented TikTok. I wanted to do videos of me lip syncing to songs. Uh-huh. And also I, I did so many with Mountie and like Audrey and Jack that yes. were like, um. I'm a boss. Um, I'm a boss. Yeah. <laughs> by Kellis. We like. Uh-huh. Basically, it would be like, okay, this section of the song, we need something funny that goes along with these lyrics. Uh-huh. And so it was basically like TikTok. Yes, it was exactly like used, TikTok. Before I used Windows Movie Maker. Okay, so you invented TikTok. That's awesome. But, <laughs> yeah. But I was so worried about those videos, and now they come 2,000 times a day, and nobody knows what they yeah. do, and people would have liked it. So I have another thing, thought on that is that, well, for one, I feel like TikTok has gotten so popular in over a year. We're like, even a year ago, I feel like it was just dancers. And now like there's yes. everything on there. Yes. Like it's, it's way more than that. But I also feel like Twitter has gone, Twitter has changed a lot. How? And How so? I feel like I'm on Twitter all the time. That's like the one that I'm addicted to. Mm-hmm. And it's because... It seems like, okay, because when I first got Twitter, I was in high school, and I just followed my friends. And then in college, I also followed my friends. And it would be similar to Facebook statuses where you would kind of either say a joke or, like, something that you were thinking or whatever. But now I feel like most people on Twitter have specific accounts for the things that they want to talk about. Yes. And nobody really has just, like, oh, I'm following my friends. It's like, I can do that on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Or Facebook, and you want to go. You want to go uh, fight on Twitter. Yeah, and so like, and I also think I think what the bad thing about Twitter is Twitter has become such a crutch to the media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I mean, it, you know, there's a lot of lot to be said about banning uh, Donald Trump, and it's probably a really good thing. You can't incite violence on Twitter; they can't allow that. Yeah, but. Yeah. But then again, why why is the news media making a big deal of things that are on Twitter? And I, I think yeah. it's become lazy. And I don't know if you ever had that discussion in journalism school well, or. I think that it's Twitter really does feel like the town square of where everyone's talking about things. And so I think that that might have to do with it. But like. But the thing is about that, though, they're not talking honestly they're fighting, and you would never do that if you were face to face with somebody. You yeah, know what I, mean? I think that people are so angry these days that they won't even be face to face with people because they're so in their bubble. So that's one problem with it. But like, what's so interesting is that I feel like now Twitter, I don't just see people that I follow, but there's so many like viral tweets that I, I feel like they're all spot on with like my interests and the sort of things that I like. Cause it's like my friends liked it or people I follow liked it. But like every time I see a funny tweet and I like want to tell my partner who I live with, it's like, Oh yeah, I just saw that one. Like we like, 
are, are yeah. similar to people. We like see the same mm-hmm. jokes. So, but uh, I feel now. So, so the, that's that's type of the that's that's a great example of the generation stuff. But here's the yeah. thing. Here's here's a story I wanted to bring up to you. Mm-hmm. Generation news. Um. And this is what I've been saying for years. Okay? Mm-hmm. We have we're now in this environment where baby boomers get your vaccine. There's so many of them. And then now there's a big generation of millennials. But this is what I have mm-hmm. to say. Wait, let me before I get to this article. Did you mm-hmm. did you ever hear the joke that John Mulaney said on Saturday Night Live? Mm-mm. His grandma said to him, Hey, be nice to our generation. We defeated the Nazis. And his reply back was, we are actually trying to do the same thing if you'd stop voting him into office. That's so funny. So I thought that was a great, a great, (laughs) a great, isn't it it funny? It's a great way of generations are different. And a lot of times the younger generation want to blame baby boomers. For ruining the country and voting in who they did and i think there's a lot to be said to that but this is an article i agree with here's mm-hmm. the headline don't blame the boomers it was gen x that sat by and let the world crumble what generation x were too busy having fun to care about the mess baby boomers were making the general election is our chance to finally stand up the slogan, OK Boomer, has come to symbolize the frustration and anger at the behavior of baby boomer leaders felt by millennial and Generation Z voters. The people are going to be left to clean up the mess some of their grandparents still refuse to admit they made. That's not to mention the foul politicians being stirred up with the likes of Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. Having for years unfairly mocked and decried as spoiled and tiled snowflakes, you can hardly blame them for snapping and responding in kind. But what about Generation X? That's my generation. That's yeah. basically 1965 to 1980. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about Generation X? Those of us born between the mid-60s and the early 80s, yeah. We've mostly been sending it out, trying not to get caught in the crossfire and hoping it doesn't explode over Christmas dinner. I remember sitting opposite a fellow Gen Xer Lamenting the dismay state of politics over lunch. We let it happen, though, didn't we? He said. We didn't get involved. Perhaps we should have. But we were too busy having fun. He had a point. We sat in our fields, listened to our bands. We found our way to warehouses and raves. We took a lot of drugs and talked dreamily about the second summer of love. While this is going on, we cheerfully ignored the finger-wagging and the tabloids' outrage as we flipped them off and called us a bunch of screw-ups. They have told us we were snowflakes if the insult was around back then. Yes, yes. I know it makes generations, and speaking in broad broad brushstrokes, it is dangerous with these generation pieces. Some of us get active. We even manage to occasionally riot, such as the one against the poll tax. This guy is from um, England. Mm. We won the battle, but put put, put the mission to dismantle the welfare state. We didn't we said we wouldn't, we wouldn't pay back the student loans. Dot the dot the dot. Uh, for the most part, while things were going awry, we did what we do. If our kids and parents start throwing turkey bones and cranberry sauce at each other, we ducked out. 
We fought for our rights to party. We had a blast and then turned our <laughs> attention turned our attention to making money. This Wait, is, is it, this is from a fight for the right to party. Isn't that a song? Yeah, yeah. from the Beastie Boys, their first song that came out. So this is yeah. uh, James Moore. He's from England, and uh, I I completely agree with them. And um, it is really interesting. Uh, the last election, how many people voted, and I'm it is my hope that the millennials and Gen Zs actually continue to vote. Do you think that Gen Xers are have, facing more of a wake-up call right now, like because of the pandemic and Trump and everything? Yes, I think so. And I think I think what you see in Gen Xers is um, just two different paths. One, oh my God, everything was good for us and now they aren't. I better get involved and vote. Or, oh, things were good for us, but wait a minute. The others are taking my stuff. I think I'll go take over the Capitol. Uh, because so you see, a Gen, you see a Gen X complain about the country changing or keeping America great. They did nothing to add to making our country great. They just liked the idea that they were entitled white people and got to do what they wanted to do. You know? Yeah. So I have a question. Is that um, what? were some of the main like activist groups of gen gen x like was there like kind of a group that was super into climate stuff and like voted for al gore like i'm trying to like see what were the big no what there wasn't rock the vote was the biggest one what's that and when was that that was in like uh the early 90s it was mtv's way to get young people Uh, to vote okay and also, like, what I want to know is everything that you read. Is Nobody wanted true? to be an activist in my generation. Yeah. Well, if that's true, what about, like, black Gen Xers or, like, other minorities? Do you think that it's sort of like, well, Martin Luther King just happened, and so let's just be happy with yes. this? Is that? I, I mean, I hate, I hate to speculate uh, the black experience, but. I just want to know their parents, their parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're a generation X and you're a black person, Mm -hmm. you know that your parents had to, had to go, couldn't sit at the, at the, uh, lunch, lunch counter. They had to sit in the back of the bus. They had to have different drinking fountains. They couldn't swim in a pool. Yeah. And then that changed. Where schools mm-hmm. schools were integrated and they were a little bit better, and yeah. I think I'm not putting it on black people. I'm putting it on a whole generation. We thought we were done, but what we have found out in the last few years that the rich keep are getting richer, the poor is getting poorer, and race is still not as done mm-hmm. issue in this. We have yet to deal with that sin of our country. And yeah, it, you and know what's you know it's and what's bad is, it's bad to be, you know Jim uh, uh, Jim Crow laws mm-hmm. and segregation, but it's also bad to say yeah we're done now. Yeah, <laughs> you know I what I mean. I, I guess I just wondered like was was life easy for everyone? I guess. What do you mean? At this time, like whenever you're talking about um, Gen X and how like you guys were able to party, was that true for everyone, or was it like 
was it easier for women to just um, not have to work because the salaries, it just like the economy was better? Women of my gen- women of my generation worked. Yeah. Women of my mother's generation didn't, even though she did. She was the one that did. Yeah. I guess I just want. I'm just curious how um, there really was that much more opportunity, or like what people, what about the people in poverty or the minorities back then? Because I feel like I, I guess my instinct is that those are the stories that aren't told as much when you think about Gen X. Mm-hmm. Well, the opportunities were like. You know, when I got to college, I worked at Sprint. Mm-hmm. I sold long-distance phones, phone yeah. service, okay? So that's an industry that's not around anymore. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people would go to any other type of manufacturing. The only thing we do now in this town that we manufacture is cars or trucks, thank goodness. We still have that. Mm-hmm. So so okay, those so type of jobs maybe. have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, those big corporate jobs are... are, are diminished um Mm. so that makes sense yeah Mm. so maybe it was easier to get started somewhere without as much experience where now i feel like millennials are so educated and you have so much to prove in order to even get into the workforce Mm -hmm. like if you want just like an entry-level marketing you have to like prove that you're super creative and adaptable and have work to show and like it's just very difficult yes I don't know. It's very difficult. And then, you know, in in my lifetime, I've seen companies, big corporations go from what's good for um, our community, our workers, and profit to what's good for this quarter's profit. Mm -hmm. And also unions were probably, unions were bigger, right? Unions were bigger, but they were being diminished. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. I, I love, and I, I don't know, I didn't plan on getting into this, but we can, if you know anything mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. This GameStop thing is awesome. Oh my God, this is yeah. a generational yeah, thing. Yes, yes. Do you understand it? I understand the gist of it is that basically um, people are beating Wall Street at their own game mm-hmm. and trying to make a buck out of the stock market. I don't know that about short selling and how it literally works but i get the gist of it well to me it's a very generational the millennials and and youngers liked gamestop and thought i'm gonna invest in it and 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 screw over the the yes older generation who just this is what we do we make money and that's how we do it you know despite Mm -hmm. someone's real life and everything um that's why i love i love the story and i just for some reason, and I'm, this is not a nice person, when I see mm-hmm. a hedge fund guy who's destroyed companies for his own profit, crying on television and saying we're being mean to the rich, I laugh. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that if you are investing, you're taking a risk, mm-hmm. and they should know that. Right. They should know that it's a risk, well, and they need to understand the different media and that people are unpredictable. Well, here's another thing fundamental about your generation, too, is that mm-hmm. you have your generation, I guess maybe because things have gone, went okay with Generation X, but millennials looked around and said, wait a minute, I'm supposed to trust the church and there's uh, 
children being hurt by them. I'm supposed to trust the government and they're doing this. I'm supposed to trust the the institution of Wall Street. But wait a minute, they're making money this way. It's a real generation that's questioned these things that we you were told. You know what I'm saying? So I have a thought on that. Also, like I wanted to share, there was this line in the New York Times. It was uh, it was an article about GameStop that mm-hmm. I feel like is maybe a generational dissonance. Um, it, it's the article, dumb money is on GameStop and it's beating Wall Street at its own game. There was this quote that seemed very out of touch from the New York Times writer. Mm-hmm. They said, um, basically about the traders like from Reddit, Propelled by a mix of greed and boredom, gleefully determined to teach Wall Street a lesson, and turbocharged by an endless flow of get-rich-quick hype and ideas delivered on social media. I'm just like, oh, delivered on social media. Like, who cares? Right. And also, like, are you? do you really think that people are fueled by greed and boredom? People are, like, they, they have nothing to lose. Yeah. In this economy. Right. Do you really think it's greed? It's like, oh, sure, maybe that might work, whatever. Like, what about Wall Street? Is that not Yeah, what about greed? the, I mean, that is fueled by greed. Yeah. And it has been for, it has been for decades. They're basically saying these people on Reddit that that's fueled by greed. And also, like, do people, are people really that out of touch to pe- to think that people are just bored because of the pandemic? Because, okay, sure, some people are bored, but also people like need work mm-hmm. and people are overworked trying to make money right now. Yeah. Especially young people. You're right. Like, and so I don't know any young person that is just super bored. I don't know. It seems like probably Gen Z is bored because they're at school, but like everyone that I know that I talk to is like extremely exhausted right now. Cause they're trying to figure out their career. They're trying to like, um, you know, invest in themselves and their future, but they don't know where it's going. And it's just like, it's a lot. I think that greed and bored is, that is unfair. Yeah. And we won't get into this now, but maybe we'll talk about some examples of that. That only gives fuel to these people who don't like journalism and think there's a bias. You do know that, right? Yeah. And it's like, Oh, do you really like, Sure, maybe there's something too, like, oh, trying to teach Wall Street a lesson. But it's also like, why can't people like play the same game? Yeah. Like, like what? These pe- these hedge funders were greedy and they were doing this. There was a weakness in their system, and someone else came around. That's what they did. There's a weakness in the system of make only making money with stocks go up. So they figured out a way to do it, and they figured out another way to make money. And that's what happens when information is NFL. free on Google. Right. That's what the internet does is that people can teach themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing is not, not only are millennials more college educated, but if we want to know something, we know how to figure it out on YouTube that's and true. just teach ourselves. Okay. But another thing I wanted to say, or can I say one more thing? Yeah. Then we we'll take, then we'll take a quick break. Okay, yeah. So what you were talking about earlier, I I had a thought the other day about how, you know, millennials are called snowflakes and the me generation. I was thinking about how in school, I had so many opportunities to be creative, like so many, like choir, speech and debate, theater, all of this stuff. 
And I wonder, like, if millennials, it's like we have, we simultaneously probably had more opportunities to be creative as a kid than ever before, and then less opportunity to be creative, to have time for it in our adult life. And so I think that there's such an anger there because it's like we were praised and we were able to learn creative skills, but then we have nowhere to put it. And so a lot of people are very Mm -hmm. frustrated feeling like their creativity is going to waste. Well, my generation, they beat creativity out of you. How how do they do that? School. Just the same way for your generation, but at least you guys had all the different things, choir and dance and I have probably like sports and all kinds of stuff. Five friends off the top of my head right now that are like, they really want to start writing again and having a blog, but they're so busy at work that they're tired and they don't get time. They don't have time to write and just like, they feel like they're not themselves. Like millennials don't, we don't feel like we're ourselves unless we have this like creative. Well, I mean, I feel the same way. I'm doing a podcast. But yeah, but I think you just. I think we were like told that there would be this opportunity and not. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a quick break. Okay. We'll be back with more Generation Unite with Megan and Paul. Yay. Looking at the past seven days so you don't have to. You could join in on the experiment by calling or texting us at 913-735-0060. Do you know if your children are up to date with their immunizations? Hey, fellow Detroit parents, I'm Herman Moore, a former professional football player. I'm lucky to have two amazing sons, but I also know that being a parent requires a lot of work. And one of the most important things is helping to keep your children healthy. To help make sure they stay on top of their game, it was important to stay on top of their vaccinations. The CDC recommends a vaccination schedule that helps protect against 14 serious diseases before age two. There's a lot to consider when it comes to your child's health, but I know getting our children vaccinated with all doses at the scheduled times is one of the most important steps we can take to help protect them from serious illnesses. Visit VaccinateOurChildren.com to find information about CDC-recommended vaccinations. This message was brought to you by the Henry Ford Health System in partnership with Pfizer. Hi, Tom Gully from the Tom Gully Show here. Listen to the show every weekday at 5 p.m. right here on KCTK Radio, personality-driven radio. A just-launched nonpartisan web portal by Vote Saint Pack aims to empower the electorate in a unique way. Founder Rob Zimmer discusses what makes it different. We designed VoteSane as a user-friendly, one-stop destination that contains news, data, and insights, as well as a chance to influence government by donating to candidates and causes directly from our site. Now not only can voters see what their elected officials are saying and how they're voting, but regular folks get the same access as heavy-hitter insiders by donating to an incumbent or instead a challenger. VoteSane also provides social media content, on-site polling, and even voter registration. Our goal is simple. Help more Americans participate in our democratic process, all with a few clicks of a mouse. Technology's impact on the 2008 elections led to the VoteSane concept, which has now become the only nonpartisan portal that accepts donations to candidates. For more information, visit VoteSane.com. 
Welcome back to Generations Unite. Hi, Meg. Hello. Hi. We plan on trying to do this like every month, right? Mm-hmm. We can get our we can get our stuff structured more. We like to talk a lot mm-hmm. to each other a lot. But mm-hmm. we did we did a fun thing we wanted to do called the uh, Are you a jerk? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I got yeah. a, I got a couple questions for us. Okay, cool. I'll find one. Okay, you don't have to find one. If you want to find one, you can. But I got two. Oh, you can just do two. Can do, okay? can do those. Okay. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Last Friday, my father had a heart attack. Mm. Is this the one I want? Oh, okay. Yeah, this is it. Last Friday, my father had a heart attack. It was touch and go for forty-eight hours, but he pulled through and is accepted. Expected to be discharged from the hospital today or tomorrow. I took off work last Friday. Due to my dad's condition is improving, I did go into work today. I work from home right now for obvious reasons, and around 9.30, the door opens, 9.30 a.m., the door opens, and my husband walks in. I ask, what's he doing home? He says that due to the wet winter storm, his boss sent everyone home. Okay. Mm. This piqued my interest because I work from home and so does my wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went down to the basement around lunchtime to get a pizza for uh, to make for us. I didn't realize he was on the phone or that it was a speaker when I went down there and asked if he wanted mm-hmm. pizza for lunch. He also works in the basement. Mm. <laughs> it has That's nothing like to it. do nothing to do with the story, by the way. His no, boss. I'm just thinking about how if I were to walk in. Without um, knowing if my partner was on the phone, that would have been bad news. Yeah. Well, his boss then asked how my father was doing and said that my husband told him that it was dire and I would need and I would need to leave at moment's notice. I said that my dad's condition is improving and he expected to make a full recovery. Oh, no. Well, here's the deal. My husband is now pissed at me. The reason he came home is because he apparently lied to his boss about my dad's health and condition. And because of what I said, he's now in hot water at work. My husband said I should have kept my mouth shut. And if he gets fired, it's on me. I told him he was depraved for lying about something like that. And if he's in trouble, it's his own fault. Am I a jerk for, am I a jerk for not playing along with his lie? To be honest, okay, it's dumb to not just tell your wife that you lied. Because I don't think that you should judge. I don't think that he's depraved for lying about it. I just say, why not tell your wife that you lied about it? Yes. And also, like, I I think that she should have kept her mouth shut. You you do? Well, she didn't know. I I mean, she was just talking. That's, that's true. I believe that she's a hero. And that he's the jerk. Because he should have told her, hey, I left work early because of yeah. your dad being sick. I told my yeah. boss is dire. She said, you shouldn't have done that. And I, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. And then how is how is he expect her to back up a story she has nothing she doesn't know anything about. I mean that's true. That's true. I feel like it depends. 
It depends on how well you know your partner, but I I feel like I never would want to talk uh, talk about it mm-hmm. like that because I would just like be like I don't know. I don't I don't think he has a right to be man. I think it's all on him. He should. He, let, let's let's even yeah. put it this way. He shouldn't have lied to his boss. Okay, he should have just said. Am my father-in-law is not even worrying my, about the fact he lied to his boss. Um, I'm not really worried about that either because yeah. whatever, right? It's just work. Yeah. And, and I mean that if I, it sounds like I'm degrading work, I am, I just, mm-hmm. but he could have easily said to his boss, Hey, listen, my father-in-law has been sick. He looks like it's going to be better, but I'm going to go home and just in case call me later. That's as easy. He could have got the same thing done that way. But he didn't, so he was afraid of his boss. Then he should have told yeah. his wife, "I wanted to be here with you, so I yeah. told my I told my boss that yeah. your dad. Yeah. We didn't You're know right. what was going on with your dad, so that's it." Yeah, and also he didn't even tell her that she was on me- that he was on a meeting. Exactly. Like that's the the very least. If you were worried about anything like that coming up, just say, "I'm on a meeting. Don't come down here or something." Yeah. So, he's the jerk. Yeah, I think I think she's he's the jerk. she's and I think he's the jerk. But at the same time, I feel like if I was the wife in the situation, that I would pick up the vibe that I should stop talking. Yeah, because I feel like you would have seen from the body language in some way that you should just not. Good point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I think but, I think he shouldn't get any of the pizza for lunch. Okay. How about this one? Yeah. yeah. I read this one, and it was, this isn't even. I can't even think. Wait, I don't even have to think think about this one. I know the wait, answer. Is this Gen X that you printed it out? Yeah, maybe I got a new printer too. So, oh. <laughs> am I a jerk for not allowing my mother in law to sign my daughter up for a purity ball at her church? My daughter mm-hmm. Tess is nine years old and has gone to church with my mother in law. Pre- uh, periodically since she was little I don't love that and I'm not a religious person and my mother-in-law is aggressively Baptist but my husband thinks it's a good bonding activity so I don't complain plus it gives us adult time on Sundays I think that was unnecessary in, in, the, in the thing Yeah. well because of the virus services have gone online Tess still goes over to my mother-in-law's place and helps her set up the laptop for them to watch together she also zooms into girls' Sunday school group after the service. Last week, Tess came home chattering about the ball and how my mother-in-law is going to take her shopping at a fancy shopping center in town. I thought she was playing an imagination game, so I just nodded along. Why then, did you think that? <laughs> that's what nine-year-old <laughs> girls do. Then my husband chimed in to remind Tess that the budget is $50. I was super confused and asked him what was up. He gave me kind of a shady look and said that the girls' Sunday school class was having a dance this June. I asked him how COVID would affect that, and he didn't know. My spider senses were tingling, and it pulled him aside on the back porch. You know what that's a reference to, right? Mm-hmm. What? Spider-Man. Very good. Very good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sometimes references are generational, and you don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. If, do you ever, I know you're a big fan of the past week, next week show mm-hmm. i think we have references from the 1940s all the time and we don't know who the current rep- people are anyway oh, 
Eventually, I gathered that he was talking about the annual purity ball for the 10 to 14 year old girls. He said his sister he said my sister-in-law done at middle school is fun thing and not a big deal. I started blowing my top to be honest. I was informed him that purity ideal was bad for girls. I thought we were on the same page about this topic, but he thinks it's a fun thing for girls to do and get dressed up. My husband claims that he wasn't trying to hide it from me and that he thought I knew given how popular the purity balls is at their church. I put my foot down and texted my mother-in-law to ask if she signed Tess up. She had not yet, and I made it clear would not allow it, period, ever. Mother-in-law sent back her usual stuff, implying that, that I'm a hoe who let her son down a bad yeah. road, and I'm an unfit mother. Wow. Am I a jerk for forbidding the purity ball? The only reason I would would be <clears throat> the jerk is I unilaterally decided against my husband's input, and I think my daughter will be disappointed. This is, um, this is maybe tougher than I just than I let on. Well, this is well. The hard part about this is that the daughter. How old is she? She's nine years old. Going to be ten. So. She's so young to where I don't know because I I guess I'm just like why even let her get mixed up in some crazy religion to begin with mm-hmm. if you don't want her to get that experience because at this point she's already looking forward to going knows the people that are in her class yeah she thinks it's like just a fun ball to dress up and have fun but on the other hand do what she could do it's already sending terrible messages to young women do you know what she could do what she could have if the if the daughter really wanted to go and if she didn't want to cross the mother-in-law and have her go go to Bible school, she could just sit her daughter down and have a conversation about about it. I know that yeah, I but, but but you're still getting that negative message at the place. That, yeah, because what that. they're telling women at a very young age is don't be sexual. Yeah, and I mean, if you are sexual, want- you're bad. And that is too many women have suffered their whole life with that issue because of this society. I would society. never want to marry someone that would want my kids to grow up in that. And I would have put my foot down from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of, I think when I was about that age, I went to some sort of mommy and me sort of like class with um, mom about and you. becoming a woman and me. I'm yeah, like, but that was that more that of like, that was more about like going through puberty and stuff though, right? I think, yeah, mostly, but I feel like that was touched on most, like, I mean, I don't know, but like, I think that, I mean, maybe you would think nine is too young, but the thing is, is, I don't know, I feel like she also should have to have some sort of conversation to explain to her daughter what this even is. I don't know how you would do that. Mm -hmm. Like, this is why we're not forbidding you because we don't want you to go to a ball. I mean, I don't know. You know what's interesting is, is as I'm thinking about this, I've noticed my evolution on this mm-hmm. because I made my daughters go all the way through Catholic, Catholic uh, yeah. to be confirmed. Talk about oppressive. The Catholic <laughs> Church, right? I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would do that again, Megan. I don't know if I would do that again, knowing what it, you know. But you never yeah. know. Your only thinking as a parent. What's best for them now, and what they and the fun thing to do? You had fun going to Sunday school and those yeah, so classes. I was talking to I was talking to Jess about this the other day because, uh, like, 
just, just she didn't grow up as religious, but it was like kind of a thing where like there would always be like a friend inviting her to like Bible school or vacation Bible school because especially like Baptist, they're always like trying to get you to bring a friend. And she said that as a kid, she was told like, you know, you, you better tell some friends at school about Jesus. Like she was like told things like that. Mm-hmm. Catholics don't do that. That's right. Like, I feel like I would just go in. I'd be like, Jesus was married from a virgin, and Joseph was there to help him be a carpenter. And like, yeah, I was I was talking to Jess about that, and she doesn't even remember that. You're, she you're, didn't even really know who <laughs> Joseph was. You're right. And, our, 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 yeah. the church that that we had our family in would not didn't do a purity ball. I mean, yeah, and like, and, I, I and, guess like, and my and my crack about Catholics being oppressive is more of. You know, just as it as an institution, more than the nice yeah. parish that we were. I at. feel like whenever I was a kid, I it was so similar to like history class in a way. I, it was kind of boring. Like you'd be like, "Oh, this was the president, and then this happened." I feel like Catholic. <laughs> this like, was a saint, oh, and this happened. You, <laughs> like, did you know that there was a virgin, Virgin Mary, who went to the manger? Like, I feel like that's like all they told us. And you're like, that was at Valley Forge. Oh no, that's a different thing. <laughs> Yeah, and like so, I don't know, but I actually was thinking about how I might, if I have kids, I might want to take them like to Unity or something mm-hmm. because you know we've we've gone and we see the the kids talking about like that we talked about what love means mm-hmm. and we drew a picture and like that was fun whatever like I don't remember learning anything at all from the Catholic but like people that i know that went to churches like that growing up they were like shamed you're like you better not sin yeah and stuff like that so what it's do you like, do what do you on this one the purity balls were is where my i'm against it okay yeah i don't so do you say i don't want my kid to go to the church because they have a purity ball or do you say i don't want you participating in the purity ball but i want you to have bonding with your grandmother and the rest of the church yeah, that God. I say I wouldn't have even allowed it to begin with, so it's yeah. hard for me to. It's that's. Here, you, you know what? We have we have an answer for this person. What? We want you to go find a Unity, uh, maybe uh, what's the name of the place down there in Westport that we like to go to? Our friend Carla spoke, and we we loved watching her there. Oh, um, Center for Spiritual. Yes, I what it's called. Find a church like that. For spiritual living or Unitarian, Unitarian. Universalist. Or even a Methodist that's accepting and stuff. Go find a church like that, Ryder, and go with your daughter. The the community would be fun. The fellowship would be good for her. And seeing you care about something bigger than yourself would be good for her too. And then you can be there when these negative messages show up. Wow, yeah, we just I solved I feel, it. Uh, I feel like she has a responsibility as a mother to like have a conversation with her daughter and expose her to like a yeah. different sort of belief. And don't worry about your adult time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Your way, words, have, not mine. I have one more. I have actually something that I want to read. Okay, wait. We're, we're finishing this segment. Okay, yeah. Did you know I gave blood yesterday? Oh, I saw on Facebook. When they gave when I gave blood, they started singing that song to me. 
Oh, really? Uh-huh. I don't know. Because I'm a hero. So, okay. Okay, he had a good article. No, so this is kind of like, are they a jerk? But it's okay. from Reddit. It's from Reddit slash relationships, which mm-hmm. is where people go Ooh, to complain about relationships. Yeah. So it's a similar sort of thing. I do think that the guy is a jerk, but you can tell me if he's a jerk or not. Okay. And my, so this is a 21-year-old male who has jerk. a 20, 20-year-old female girlfriend. Jerk. My girlfriend ordered tarot, tarot cards, even though I advised against it. <laughs> my girlfriend and I are really close, and we share every new interest or hobby that we come across. And I try and be really oh, wait, open. Excuse me. <laughs> that makes me want to vomit. I hate that. This, yeah. guy, this guy is, what do they call these, these, uh, um, they're real, they're, they're, they're chauvinists, but they act like they're together with them. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know. Fake feminist. Fake. Yeah. Something like that. This guy, yeah. I don't, okay. I'm against this guy already. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. He said, I try and be really open about what we're both doing in our lives. Recently, my girlfriend got really into astrology and horoscopes. She even followed my horoscope and started predicting my life and telling me how I should spend my day and what would my enemies and friends be. Now, the real truth is that, and problem here, is that I absolutely hate astrology. I do not believe in anything they say, because let's face it, the stars do not affect Earth in any way, nor could the planets. But she's becoming obsessed over it to the point where dates and road trips are being postponed because the horoscope is saying to stay indoors. (laughs) I've been very patient with my girlfriend because I love her so much and I don't want this to become a bad thing in our relationship. I'm just opposed to the idea of astrology in front of her and didn't oppose it much so that she won't become bitter. But... My girlfriend went one step ahead and asked me if she should order tarot cards and charts, etc. This kind of went to the end of the line. And I very politely had a very long and understanding conversation in which I explained that astrology is random and cannot be expected to predict anything. She said yes, and I thought that she understood. One day, we were talking, and she briefly mentioned that she was looking at tarot cards online. I thought nothing of it until she said that she ordered them from a local online market. Now, I'm being very patient right now, but how do I explain? She just literally threw my word out the window and ordered them anyway, even when I told her that I didn't believe in it, and I thought that she agreed to what I said. So. Okay, so I'm going to say this. First of all, no one cares what you think, buddy. She can do whatever (laughs) she wants. And get used to that. Now... Here's the tough medicine. If you really are that strongly against it, you need to have a conversation with her because she may not be the right person for you. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with she did something that she didn't listen to you about because that's very minor and stuff. Yeah. Unless she said, unless she said, what do you think? Okay, I'm going to follow what you say and then did opposite. Yeah. Now you you know astrology. Can people get yeah. carried? Well, I don't even need to know it. People can get carried away on all kinds of different things. That's what I thought of this because the thing is, is like, why even be with someone who has such completely different beliefs? Like, yeah. I don't know what the guy. But like, the thing that is so funny to me is how people are adamant about astrology. Meanwhile, it's like 
you're taking someone to a purity ball because right. you think some guy like in the sky is gonna call yeah call her a sinner and banish her to eternal flames like what yeah like i mean like they're both cuckoo nuts yeah it's like people believe what they believe and i it's just so funny like guys like this that are like so in science and they're like well you know that's not logical right and it's like well nothing spiritual is logical like that. i think it's i think it's uh another form of sexism yes. because i said this and i don't believe this you should follow what i have to say yeah. and i think he's also we maybe we can do another one get your mom on here called uh mm-hmm. genders unite because mm-hmm. men men are the biggest babies in the world if he's he's not yeah. getting all the attention from her, and it's hurting his feelings, he's, yeah. But it's like, who cares if he has? A, how many men have like played video games and women right. didn't care? Softball like, league, uh, golfing, uh, <laughs> uh, podcasting, all kinds of stupid things that their hobby yeah. is. It happens all the time. Mom, can you imagine if mom was like? I've been making dinner and he's going downstairs and doing his podcast, even though we were going to have dinner. To, I mean, I don't know, like Matt, Matt at you for. Yeah. I mean, podcast. that's what's so wonderful about your mom. She's always been very like uh, supportive of me wanting to do some fun things I like to do. Yeah. Um, and everyone should, if you can't, if you can't support your partner on wanting to do fun things, yeah. then you shouldn't be with that person. So he needs to just talk to her. I don't, yeah, he's kind of being a jerk. Let's go ahead and do the music for him. But we also don't know if she's gone jerk. nutty, nutty you're on it either. You're a jerk. Yeah. You're a jerk. I mean, you're a jerk. You're if he jerk. really, if he really doesn't you're believe in it, if he, if it's not cool with him, then it's just not. They're not compatible. It's not that he doesn't believe in it. That's bullcrap. It's it. It's that he's not into as much as her. Yeah. So this sounds like I need to have a talk. Okay. One last thing I wanted to do here. Mm-hmm. We could talk forever, Megan. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, people are now making money of generations. How? Hmm. Hi, my name is Jeremy Kingsley, professional speaker and best-selling author of Inspired People, Produce Results. One of the main struggles Rory. organizations from reaching maximum success is handling the generational differences of their people. Existing leaders not relating or connecting with emerging leaders. Dealing with generational differences can either be a huge obstacle or a giant opportunity. Let's review the generations. Most experts say that baby boomers were born between 1946 and 1964. Generation X, you were born between 1965 and 1982. And Gen Y, you mm-hmm. were born between 1983 and 2001. Everyone after that oh. would be Generation Definitely. Z. Now, we all grew up different. One of the easiest differences to notice with the generations, in my opinion, is how they take their coffee. Have you ever noticed this? Think about it for a second. Boomers often take their coffee black, maybe with one cream, two sugars. Gen X, you might buy your own gourmet coffee beans, brew a little hazelnut. Gen Y, I'm not sure that what you're drinking is even coffee. It's more like a sugary concoction of death, right? When you go to Starbucks and say, yeah, Spice, French toast, French espresso, 
What? <laughs> now listen, I like to joke about the differences, <laughs> but you know what we all need to do when it comes to working together? Learn I drink, about the I, I drink oat milk. Understand the generational so. differences and respect the generational differences. Okay, I agree with him on that. We can do these three things. We can accomplish maximum success. <laughs> it's going to be just around the corner. So, I thought he was giving more of a sales pitch, but I guess he wasn't. How do you drink your coffee? I oh I, I think he's right about me. I like uh, I, I get the I get the hunt the the almond milk out. Have a little espresso, then I put it together, put a little honey in it. Sure, yeah. millennials might like fancy Starbucks coffees, but do we really drink them every day? I don't know anyone who could do that. I just I think the real millennial thing is make your own Starbucks coffee at home. Don't get Folgers. Get like nicer coffee that you make at home and then add oat milk. That's what millennials do. There you go, folks. <laughs> All right. Any last words? You want to say goodbye? And it's great uniting uh, amongst two de- g- different generations. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. All right. All right. All right. Love you. All right. Love you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Generations Unite has been a KCTK production produced by Megan Lavoda and Paul Lavoda. All rights reserved. For more information and content, email us at kctkradio at gmail.com.